following is a paid program on 630 WLAP. This is the Tom Dupree Show on News Radio 630 WLAP and WLAP.com. Welcome to the camp. I guess you all know why we're here. My name is Tommy, and I became aware this year. If you want to follow me, Got to play pinball and put in your earplugs, put on your eye shades. Tom Dupree show. And Mike, that was your choice there. So that's uh, 10 years after. It's an English rock band, big in the 60s and 70s. Uh, uh, Alvin Lee was the guitar player. Uh, he passed away several years back, but uh, he was kind of one of the, well, not one of the first, but he was blues rock. He kind of blended country, rock, blues, and heavy metal circa 1960s sort of the and kid, kid rock of, of that era uh well <laughs> he was a little more uh, reserved i think than kid rock but he uh he, he was he was a great guitar player so anyway according to um, our style which we got away from we we normally read a bible verse at the beginning of it and so i'm going to do that today uh this is from first peter uh chapter one in verses 3 through 9, Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, which according to his abundant mercy hath begotten us again into a lively hope by the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that fadeth not away, reserved in heaven for you, who are kept by the power of God through faith unto salvation, ready to be revealed in the last time, wherein you greatly rejoice, though now for a season, if need be, you are in heaviness through manifold temptations that the trial of your faith being much more precious than of gold, though it perisheth, be tried by fire, might be found unto praise and honor and glory at the appearing of Jesus Christ. That's something that uh, I have uh, read many times when I'm in a spot where I feel like I'm uh, uh, not doing well. I, I just think about this and uh, how, important's it, how important my faith is to me. Absolutely. So... Um, I wanted to uh, look at uh, some of the different stories that are out today and this week, and um, the the markets have been very volatile once again. Can you guys kind of yeah. co comment on uh, on what you've been seeing in the markets? So the S and P five hundred uh, for the week was was up slightly. Um, now this week has, was less volatile than it's been the last two weeks. Uh, but there was still, uh, some big swings in the market, which you compare that to 2017 or wild swings <laughs> compared to 2017. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you are seeing 
fundamentals kind of move back in on the market. Uh, two weeks ago when we were talking, you were seeing, you know, kind of all asset classes, all sectors uh, kind of moving in lockstep with one another. And now you're seeing some fundamentals come back, some things that were uh, oversold, um, but you're, you're still seeing uh, the jitters in the market. Um, and a lot of that still has stemmed from, you know, questions on what interest rates are going to do, what inflation is going to do, how many uh, rate hikes the Fed's going to have this year. Uh, that's where a lot of that volatility is coming from. And let me ask, so the jitters, is that, you know, more typical, more kind hello, of what? Christy. Hello, good morning. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Like, hello, I'm here. Uh, more of like what we would normally see. I mean, I, kind of what would be something that, okay, the jitters are more atypical or uh, no uh, okay. definitely atypical for 2017 uh, yeah for sure 17. For, for 17 okay well and and 2017 was a historical year in terms of volatility too just when you look at where the vix which is the volatility uh index where it was for the year and basically where it stayed the entire year sure. uh it actually earlier this year earlier this month actually it 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 went above uh, 50, I guess, for the second time in its history, dating back, you know, to what was it, 1990, something like, on, on, on somewhere Yonder. around there, yeah. Yeah, so it's the second highest number since okay. uh, the 2008 crisis. Uh, you know, another thing you've seen is now the VIX is back down. It closed uh, closed Friday at 16.49. Um, you know, that's that's well. <laughs> Well below the 50 number. Uh, you've seen the 10-year bond. Uh, it's down to 2.87. A lot of a lot of things that were, you know, big movers because mm-hmm. uh, the 10-year the 10-year is really the, you know, really sold off this year. Um, the 10-year U.S. Treasury. 10-year U.S. Treasury, and you've you've started to see that uh, kind of plateau there. You've seen that. You've seen the VIX come back down. You've seen. Um, even the U.S. dollar, uh, that was something for you know the, the first couple months of the year. That was something that was weakening significantly to to other currencies, and you've seen that kind of taper off as well now. Um, right. What's interesting, uh, Ray Dalio, who is uh, one of the biggest hedge fund managers in the world, he is saying that the U.S. is in a pre-bubble phase, and uh, which is uh, the po- a possible uh, pre- predecessor to a recession. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you guys have followed him, but his he's got a hedge fund that manages $160 billion. And uh, he said the investors would feel pretty stupid if they were holding cash as the stock market was rocketing to fresh highs. However, the Dow Jones and the S&P uh, all slipped into car- correction territory uh, back when they were uh, down 10%. Right. Um, y- you look at uh, historical, there was, there was an article, it, it's, it's interesting, it looks kind of similar to what we're talking about. Uh, it was in uh, Bloomberg, uh, it says, the, the title of it, Say Goodbye to Stocks and Bonds Moving in Opposite Directions. And it, it looks at the historical relationship between bond yields and stock prices and uh since what was it since uh really about since 2003 
actually really about since 1987, uh, they, there's been a negative correlation between the yields and stock prices. So if, if stocks were to drop in price, then people would move to bonds for safety. Um, but it, it highlights a, an area of inflation, um, and you, you saw the, that negative correlation go away. So what that means is in, an, in a time of inflation, you can have stocks and bonds moving in the same direction. Right. Um, and that's, that's what we saw uh, the Friday a couple weeks ago. You saw bonds and stocks uh, go down. Yeah, now if Dalio is correct – That'll that'll mean that interest rates will start going back down again if we're if if we're mm-hmm. possibly going to move into recession. Um, but yeah, I I can remember for most of my career, uh, it seemed like in in uh, certain phases of the market, stocks and bonds would move uh, in in the same direction, and um, it's it happened throughout this rally, you know. Mm-hmm. So uh, anyway. Um, let's stop here for a second. It, uh, we'll take our break. It is the Tom Dupree show. It's news radio, six thirty WLAP. Well, I remember my son crying behind me. When you've heard the news and you've got something to say about it. Mental health is a very big issue. You're in the right place. The same FBI that's failing us in other areas has failed again. News radio, six thirty WLAP. Hi, this is Tom Dupree jr. Market volatility, it seems like it's definitely with us these days. During times like this, it pays to know what your investment plan is. At the Prefinancial Group, we help retirement investors build dividend-producing portfolios from securities that pay dividends. If that's your plan as a retirement investor, then give us a call at 859-233-0400 or look at our website, at DupreeFinancial.com and check us out on Facebook. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings from 8 to 9 right here on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, I remember listening to Alvin Lee. They had a big listening room down there at Barney Miller's, uh, and you could go listen to albums, and he was one of the ones you could play. Uh, they were trying to sell stereo systems, <laughs> high-end stereo systems, of course. Shout-out to Barney Miller's. Also, I want to do a shout-out to the company that brought us the uh, lunch the other day. Yes, the Simple Greek. Yeah. Over there, um, they're on Tate's Creek in the Tate's Creek Shopping Center near the Kroger's. Right. Thank you so much, the Simple Greek, for the yummy, yummy lunch. It, it was good. All right, John Short, how are you? I miss all the thing. How you doing? Good. Ready for a biggie today? Missouri. Yep. That's right. Yes, sir. We were talking before the show. You, uh, Michael Porter, you think he's going to play? Looks like he's going to, yep. He'll probably play 25, 30 minutes. 
Okay. Maybe more than that. I don't think it was injured in the first place. I think it's just fake from from some Martin. It's just fake news. Fake news? No, he was injured. Poor thing. He wants to play if he if he's not. I mean, if he's eligible, he wants to play. He's a he loves basketball. I know he does. <laughs> <laughs> All right, John. Uh, anything else you want to talk about? Um. No, other, other, other school shootings, I think we do need metal detectors in, in every school, from preschool all the way up to college and vocational school, metal detectors. Yeah, it seems like it would be an easy thing to do, but nothing's ever easy when you're dealing with bureaucracies. I know, it, and, and and I think all teachers need to have guns, from preschool all the way to vocational school, all teachers need to have guns, like Donald Trump says. All right. Well, if he says it, it must be right then. <laughs> That's right, and he uh, uh, got the hey, hey, got the guy faith and reason yet. No, I'm gonna have to keep moving here, John, because we've got such a shorter time schedule. If you want to, what's your schedule this week, John? I, I, here's what happened: I tried to get my schedule yesterday, didn't have it out ready for me. Oh, okay. Like going today and, and, and get it. All right. Well, if you want to hear the real John, see the real John Short, show up down at uh, the Euclid Kroger's at some time this week, and he'll be there. Okay. Thank you, John. Welcome. All right. (laughs) All right. Now, our friend Adarsh Mashru, uh, we were talking a little bit about uh, Berkshire in the in the break. Berkshire Hathaway, where they're getting ready to release their annual letter. Mm And his idea was that Berkshire might possibly be interested in making a run at GE because of the fact that uh, GE has three really good divisions, um, one of which, or, and there's, there's, it's got some divisions that are having difficulty, and uh, that uh, it might be a possible target for for Berkshire. Any comments on that it could be um well what's it really worth if you were to break it up and um see that's there's there's been a lot of articles written on that some people say you know in the 14 range or lower and some say in the 20s Uh, there's a lot of discrepancy on it um and because you also have to take into account the the pension liabilities the debts that are associated with each one how that would be divvied up. Um, the payout on the, uh, uh, the long-term care. Yeah, yeah. So the, there, there's a, a lot of discrepancies, um, and, and you know these are analysts that have followed it for a long time. Um, and uh, it's, you know, GE, really since it was in the mid-20s, there's been a lot of discrepancies on what the what analysts, it's, it's, it's been weird on a blue chip like GE the huge spreads of what people price, thought it price might targets. Be. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and I think another thing too, I mean, when you look at it, uh, Berkshire, like we, we were discussing earlier, they've got a hundred billion in cash. <laughs> you know, that's uh, GE's market caps only like what? 125 billion. Yeah. I mean, that, they, they've basically got enough to, to cover <laughs> the, the, the buy. I, I saw too. Uh, just a little side note: uh, Buffett's uh, resigning from the Kraft Heinz board. Really? Yeah, he says it's to limit his traveling. But uh, yeah, because uh, Berkshire and 3G Capital, which bought 
uh, Kraft Heinz. They did the merger. Um, they've worked pretty close on several deals, and Buffett was on the board, and he's uh, resigning off the board. That's interesting. Um, back to GE, what does their free cash flow look like at this point? I mean, you've studied them pretty close. Uh the I mean from the right now the cash flow from operations was something like like seven billion for the you know year of 2017. Um, from a free cash flow perspective, uh, you know that that's that's something that they can you can always jack with that number. Yeah. Um, you know you can you could decrease capital uh, when you look at you know they cut their dividend in half yeah uh, when they redid guidance uh so that saved them a ton of money uh what how much is the the so it you got all right so the the current dividend right now is um about a dollar isn't it or it's, uh, it's not that four, uh, 48 cents yeah. 48 cents so 48 cents um how many shares do we have right now i'm i'm just doing the doing the quick math here so shares outstanding eight and a half billion roughly. Okay. So you're paying out about four billion in dividends. In dividends. Uh you know, you they're they're projecting cash flow to be much higher, uh you know, somewhat higher next year or right. twenty twenty eighteen. You know, so from a, a cash flow perspective, you've still got a, a few billion about three billion or so there yeah you know to to, to monkey with but uh, really he may, the, not, he may not feel like there's of course with the sec investigation going on also yeah and and it may be he doesn't want a certain piece of it you know if they could break it up maybe he'd be interested in the oil division or you know the aviation services or probably not the oil the, the, the oil's gone yeah. The well, the Baker Hughes is what I, yeah, what I meant. Yeah. Baker Hughes part. The yeah, what well, I mean. <laughs> but if you break it, let me just ask: if you break up a company that has been known to be such a powerhouse over the years and to be such a, this big entity, and then you know it's been whittled down to what it is now, the current um, with the new CEO that's trying to rebuild and whatnot. So then, if you break it apart, you've got three separate companies. I mean, I guess is that the question that all three would continue to do well and survive yeah, on their own? They would. Well, they're all separate companies anyway. Right, but not they're under the GE umbrella. Right. What What you're hoping for? So a division like their healthcare unit, which has strong, strong growth potential, right. and has been showing strong growth. You know that uh, aviation, which has shown strong growth. You're hoping that when you spin those out separately that they get a higher multiple because right now when you look at GE and what their forward base PE is, they're trading at about a 14 times price mm -hmm. to earnings forward looking. And when you break it out, like let's say your healthcare unit, well, let's say that jumps up to a more normalized in this market, normalized level. And you've got like a 24 multiple on that airlines, you got a 22 multiple. And then your power stays at a 14. Well, you've realized value by spinning those other two out. And let them trade to their own uh, market multiples. Sure. Exactly. Yeah, so that's a possibility. But nobody has – I don't think anybody at at Berkshire has said anything about wanting to make a run at GE. It was I've, just, not, I've not heard anything or seen it anything. It's just uh, what Adarsh was throwing at me as a text this morning. <laughs> 
I thought it was interesting. Um, I want to get back to this idea of stocks and bonds moving in the same or opposite direction. Um, the, the reason is for retirement investors, uh, you want to find some place where you can put your money that, you know, s- tends to diversify you. And uh, if they're going to move in the same direction, <clears throat> then they're talking about, you know, maybe you need something in cash, too. Mm-hmm. Could be a, a cash position. Now, you're, two different uh, parts to this. The The first is you as an investor, um, if you're taking distributions, where is that distribution coming from? Is it coming from the liquidation of securities? Um, and then you're also looking the other side from a portfolio management standpoint, um, because you can raise dividends two ways. One is just organic dividend growth, a company raising its dividend. The other way to raise a dividend or the, the, the yield on a portfolio is when the price of a security drops and it's paying the same dollar amount in dividends to buy more shares that raises your income. So cash uh, in in a in an environment where stocks and bonds move together, um, cash gives you flexibility to buy things when stocks are down. Yep. And in that way, you're not forced to sell bonds that could potentially be down uh, the same. Right. But from from an investor standpoint, um, you're if you're especially if you're taking money out, you want to be able to take that from the the, the cash that's generated from the dividends and interest. So that way you're not forced to liquidate uh, for, for that income. Sounds good to me. <laughs> Sums it up pretty good there. Yeah. <laughs> the, the point is, is that you want to try to keep your money growing as best you can. Right. So stay with us. You are listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. The Nighthawk Special is back at a special low price at Columbia Steakhouse. Eight ounces of the finest all-natural grain-fed beef surrounded by a sea of piping hot garlic butter. Served with a choice of sides from fresh veggies to a jumbo baked potato, plus a garden fresh Columbia's Diego salad. Get it all for only $14.99 at Columbia Steakhouse on Richmond Road, downtown on Limestone, and at Columbia Steak Express on Southland Drive. Americans are always on the move. They're in the car, at the office, working around the house. Americans refuse to sit still. So how do you connect with all of these moving targets? Easy, with radio. Radio reaches 93% of Americans every week, more than Google, Facebook, even television. Because, hey, who has the time to sit and watch TV? So when you want to connect with all those constantly moving adults, teens, and millennials, get to iHeartMedia.com and put AMFM Radio to work for your company. Campbellsville University is excited to announce new classes starting every eight weeks during regular semesters. This means you have more options to take classes when they are most convenient, even if you work full-time. New classes enrolling now for the new term. Call 270-789-5220 or email admissions at campbellsville.edu to find out more. Financial aid is still available for those who qualify. Apply online for free at campbellsville.edu. Make the most of your college experience at Campbellsville University. 
As Florida students demand action on guns, Republican lawmakers are giving two distinct proposals. President Trump wants to see armed teachers saying highly trained faculty would be able to do what an armed sheriff's deputy apparently did not. Republican Florida Governor Rick Scott breaking with the president, saying arming teachers is not the way to go. Instead, Scott suggests raising the minimum age to buy a gun. ABC Stephanie Ramos in Washington. President Trump says his chief of staff, not he, will have the final say over Jared Kushner's access to classified documents. Chief of Staff John Kelly issued a memo this month saying people with temporary security clearance, like the president's son-in-law, will be barred from sensitive documents. As airstrikes ramp up in Syria, the U.N. Security Council will take a vote on a ceasefire today. And at the Olympics, history for the U.S. men's curling team beating, beating Sweden for their first ever gold. Infamy for a Canadian ski crosser arrested for stealing a car. Brad Milkey, ABC News. Blood threat continues out there on this Saturday, and by this evening, the possibility is there for strong to severe thunderstorms with damaging winds. The flood threat, though, will be the greatest that we're facing over the next 24 hours with the possibility of an additional 1 to 3 and local 4 inches of rain that can produce significant high water issues. Thankfully, by Sunday afternoon, we'll finally turn that faucet off. I'm WKYT Chief Meteorologist Chris Bailey on your official weather station, News Radio 630 WLAP. Broadcasting live 24 7 from the heart of Big Blue Nation. This is News Radio 630 WLAP and iHeart Radio Station. Paid non attorney spokesperson, paid for by Impact Law. Attention, if you've had hernia surgery and have experienced complications such as chronic pain, infection, wound reopening, mesh migration, bowel obstruction, need revision surgery, or other complications, you need to call Impact Law now at 800 406 1794. Hernia repair surgery is common and requires a mesh product to be implanted inside your body. In May of 2016, the manufacturer of a popular hernia mesh product issued a mandatory global recall due to product defects. If you had a hernia mesh product implanted and have experienced complications such as chronic pain, infection, wound reopening, bowel obstruction, need a revision surgery, or had other complications, then call Impact Law now at 800-406-1794. Left unchecked, this is a ticking time bomb. The consultation is free, and you'll pay nothing unless there is a recovery in your favor. Time is limited to file a claim, so call 800-406-1794. 800-406-1794. 800-406-1794. When you're hiring, you don't want to sort through dozens of irrelevant resumes. You want a short list of qualified candidates. That's why you need Indeed.com. Post a job in minutes, set up screener questions, then zero in on qualified candidates using an intuitive online dashboard. Daryl has hired with Indeed. Nothing has been this simple, this easy, and this effective. Discover why 3 million businesses use Indeed for hiring. Post a job today at Indeed.com hire. Search for greatness. Search Indeed. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show, more of 10 years after. 10 years after. Yeah. That was, uh, they were a British band, correct? They were, yeah. Um, probably mid-60s when they started. Right. And uh, they started off just more blues, and then they broadened out into even some kind of country hybrid 
<laughs> kind of weird stuff, but interesting band. Yeah. Um, back to this thing about, you know, Buffett and, and uh, Berkshire Hathaway. It's always interesting to keep an eye on what they're doing. Um, there's a discussion in the Wall Street Journal about, uh, or an article rather, uh, it says shareholders will look to Warren Buffett's annual letter on Saturday for new clues of what the conglomerate plans to do with more than $100 billion in cash. There's m- little mystery about who is getting that money meanwhile, Uncle Sam. Berkshire has used its mounting cash pile to become one of the world's largest owners of U.S. Treasury bills after struggling to find big companies to buy in recent years. It held $109 billion in cash as of September 30th, up from $86 billion at the end of 2016 and more than double what it had at the end of uh, 2006. Nearly all of that was invested in short-term bills. Um, Berkshire has an outside pres- outsized presence in the $2 trillion market for T-bills, a type of government debt that matures in a year or less. It held more bills around the end of the third quarter than large countries such as China and the U.K., uh, and it, it looks like that the dealers in the street um, call Berkshire if they're looking for a certain <laughs> maturity of a bill, and that they actually deal in them, which is interesting. It's 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 pretty fascinating, really. Um, you know, the, the, how we would own that many different T-bill maturities. Yeah, yeah, and uh, it's kind of been a little side business for them that. You know, just kind of materialized out of their, uh, you know, their cash position. When, when you've got that much cash in that many different, uh, so the T bills are structured in a way they don't pay interest. Uh, they they you get interest at maturity. They trade at a discount. So they're zeros. They're 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 all zeros basically, and issued for under a year. So they have different, just about they've got one coming due just about every week. And that's that's why um, you know Berkshire obviously owns a whole bunch of them, and uh, that's why they're the ones that get get the call. I just thought it was an interesting. Yeah, if, you, if you've got a hundred billion in cash, people are yeah people are going to be calling. Right. I, I think their last big deal was uh, that Precision Cast Parts. I think that was uh, was it thirty two thirty two billion thirty two yeah. billion, and and that was in twenty fifteen. So it's it's been a while since they've had a a big deal. Yeah, and that's what the, you know, talking about the cash that they're sitting on too, not only from the T-bill perspective, but, you know, it's always it's always interesting to see what the, you know, the news articles about it, like what are they going to do with it? Um, you know, there's been talks of uh, a stock buyback, maybe Buffett bumping up because he'll buy up to a certain level of book value uh, stock buybacks, but maybe he bumps it up to 125% of book value and start that he would buy his own stock back at 125 percent in a book value or maybe that he institutes a special dividend or something i I think he said that it was 120 or 125 percent that he would be willing to would buy it but right now it's trading at like 150 yeah and so he he can't buy his own stock back uh and they don't pay dividends you know they've called for a special dividend which i don't they've never done Uh, i can't imagine that they would now and and I tell you, uh, from looking at, at at that, if they were to do a special dividend and and pay out a big chunk of that hundred billion, I mean, 
that right there tells you exactly what Warren Buffett's thinking is that he knows that things are expensive and he doesn't see anything getting cheap in the near term. You know, because if other than GE, uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, but that 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 would be what that would show to me if if they instituted a dividend after all these years of no, no, no. Mm-hmm. And you, you could actually have shareholders, you know, kind of get up in arms if they did a, uh, as weird as it would be, if they did a one-time dividend, you, you could see shareholders get angry just because even though they're getting a dividend, they've never, Berkshire's never done that before. I don't, I don't know. It would be interesting what the reaction would be. So you got another player out there um, that has really driven the market in, in so many ways, uh, and that, of course, is Amazon. Um, this is a Wall Street Journal article um, this week. Three technology titans have powered nearly half of the S&P 500's advance this year, a worrying sign for investors expecting a strengthening economy to lift shares of manufacturers, oil companies, and other firms whose fortunes typically improve with growth. Amazon has accounted for 27% of the broader index's 1.6% gain through Tuesday, according to Dow Jones uh, indices data. That's followed by Microsoft, which has contributed 13%, and Netflix at 8.3%. So, once again, the market um, seems to have gotten compressed into being driven by large technology companies. Yeah. Before you had, uh, you know, the Fang stocks, Facebook, Amazon, Netflix, and Google, and now you've you've basically got Amazon, Netflix, and Microsoft. Yeah. Um, so it's it's uh, like you said, it's getting compressed into a few, and we're we're just by the nature of uh, the index, how it's set up, market cap weighted. You know, Amazon right now is a market cap of seven hundred and twenty six billion right now. Good. Is Amazon's market cap? Um, but the the worrisome or concerning thing with that is you if you own an index fund you you basically are you're you're making the assumption that Amazon Microsoft and Netflix are going to continue to rally from from here um and I mean they they could they very well could continue to go up but that's what's been driving the returns right yeah and when you look at so I'm, I'm bringing it up here, uh, just what the the percentage that Amazon makes up of the S&P 500, <clears throat> I, I mean, it's a pretty large chunk. Let's see, components. Well, my phone's not wanting to cooperate, but it's it's well over, I think it's over 3% that it makes up. You know, so when you... Anytime you buy a S&P 500 fund or a, a fund of that nature, basically you're taking the biggest chunk of your money and you're putting it in something Amazon at a 400 P. Yeah. Uh, Amazon hit $1,500 yesterday. Close at 1500 even yesterday. So. What's its 52-week high? Uh. It, it, well, it got to fifteen oh three yesterday, okay. so it's yeah. at its fifty two it's week it's high. It's as high as it's been. But they say if it if it breaks out, 
it may go even higher. So uh, I, I don't know. It, none of this is a buy or sell recommendation. We're just commenting on things we we see. So here's another uh, talking point here. As, as stock jitters recede, focus shifts to surging company profits. So what's interesting to me is that you know, you are seeing uh, higher uh, profit being hit by other comp by companies other than, say, an Amazon. It, it says here the stream of rosy profit reports has helped soothe the nerves of investors rattled by this month's stock market plunge. Now, this is something we were looking at as the market was going down. We were saying, you know, you've got basically good earnings, right? And, um, you know, there's really not that much to fear in terms of the earnings part of it. Um, exactly. And when, especially with, with our dividend approach, earnings translates to, you know, potentially higher dividends to more consistent dividends. And that's what drives our investment decisions. But, you know, banks are in that in that article you're just talking about, uh, banks are well capitalized. It says banks are well capitalized, ready to lend. Companies are getting a windfall from the cut in U.S. corporate taxes. Um, and uh, Patrick Palfrey, uh, a U.S. equity strategist, says the fundamental backdrop looks nothing short of spectacular. You're getting economic growth being augmented by tax changes. So you're seeing the benefits throughout revenue, margins, and earnings. So the fundamentals right. are strong. So, so a, a guy like Dalio says, "Well, we're we're pre-recession," uh, but and then you know, you, you still though the reality is companies are are, are doing really well, and people want to look beyond that sometime and say, "Well, this is a problem, or that's a problem. Things are are expensive." Obviously, it makes it tougher to invest in this kind of environment when you look at the fact that people realize uh, earnings are good. So th these are the things we have to negotiate around. Right, right. When, when you're looking at these things. And that's why we focus on dividends because we can't predict where the market is going to be when you look at it. This is a very tough time in which to invest because – you know, so many things are expensive. Mm -hmm. and, and you have to look, like you said, you know, it, it is tough because a lot of these companies that are, are doing well, the, the price is, that's baked into the price, so you're paying more for those earnings. Um, and some things that look cheap might actually not be cheap, and that's, that's the thing we have to be very careful of. Yeah. Really, it all comes down to the consistency. I mean, the, the, the ability for that company in recessionary times and uh, good times to to have some form of consistency around their business, some form of consistency around their cash flow and their earnings. You know, it, it, because if you can do that, then you can have some form of consistency around your dividend. That's right. So that being the case... Um, you're looking at income in, in retirement, and that is where you're going to get your, your uh, income, is either from dividends or interest on bond positions. Stay with us.
It is the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio 630 WLAP. Happening now. Things are happening. Protect the dreamers. Cyber attacks. Budget. Domestic violence. The FBI. Stocks tumbled. North Korea. Check in often. What's happening? What's happening? With News Radio 630 WLAP or Alexa. Play WLAP on iHeartRadio. Hi, this is Tom Dupree Jr. Market volatility. It seems like it's definitely with us these days. During times like this, it pays to know what your investment plan is. At Dupree Financial Group, we help retirement investors build dividend-producing portfolios from securities that pay dividends. If that's your plan as a retirement investor, then give us a call at 859-233-0400 or look at our website at DupreeFinancial.com and check us out on Facebook. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. And be sure to listen to the Tom Dupree Show Saturday mornings from 8 to 9 right here on News Radio 630 WLAP. That's Dupree Financial Group at 859-233-0400. 630 WLAP. Back on the Tom Dupree Show. So, what we are here to do is, Dupree Financial Group, we uh, are obviously, a, well, not obviously, but we'll tell you what we are. We're a registered investment advisory firm. We're engaged in the, uh, our, our primary focus is um, working with uh, retirement investors to uh Build a dividend-producing uh, or an income-producing uh, portfolio. That's that's what we attempt to do in our line of business. Retirement is a tough thing for people because um, you have to have enough in order to cover your expenses in retirement if you're not working. And um, the as you, as we go forward. Um, and people today are saving for retirement, uh, they have to pay attention to a variety of things. Obviously, the markets, um, cash flow, things that can, their, their spending habits, those sorts of things. It's, it's very important that they know um, what their financial situation is, especially uh, if we were to get inflation down the road, um, it would cost you more to live day to day. The a big thing that um, 
we've seen over time, uh, our clients, you know, our, our job is to give information to our clients, give guidance, um, and, you know, manage the investment portfolio. Um, but the, the client has responsibilities too, right. uh, for, for their success. Um, and that, that responsibility falls more on the budgeting side, uh, knowing what their expenses are, uh, and living within their means. Now, most, uh, people that have accumulated wealth over time, the reason they've been able to do this because they do have a budget, they live within their means. Um, but you, you have to really have a grasp on what it costs to live on a monthly basis, what your expenses are, what you expect those to continue to be. Um, and that alone, you know, there's a lot of unknowns, just, you know, just like investing, you, you're, but you're making an educated uh, guess, an educated decision. Um, but having, having an idea and doing your part as a client, uh, that's just as important. There's an article at, that uh, here in the Wall Street Journal, companies pay workers to get savvier with money. This was uh, an article that came out on the 19th of February. A growing number of companies are paying employees to get their financial lives in order, reflecting concern over the impact money problems are having on employees' stress and productivity levels. Aetna, Pitt, Ohio, SunTrust Banks, and others are handing out cash and other inducements to workers who take steps to shore up their finances by reducing debt, funding emergency savings accounts, and attending financial education classes and meetings with advisors. Um, among U.S. corporations with so-called financial wellness programs, which are designed to teach employees basic money management skills, 17% offered incentives for participation in 2016. So what companies are seeing is that uh, stress over finances can, can – uh, uh, translate into difficulties at work yeah activity uh, the the pit uh pit ohio um uh, which is a trucking company um there they had more uh, accidents by their truckers um because of stresses uh and they've seen that decline since they started offering this uh really mm-hmm. uh so it it it, it it's a win-win uh, it helps the 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 employee uh which therefore that translates to you know better productivity well you could say it's just you know 10 15 20 years ago companies were offering incentives for people to quit smoking or to lose weight you know i mean uh i remember when i was at lexmark there were incentives for programs like that because they the same sort of thing they wanted their employees to be healthy to be more productive to also have less claims on insurance you know if you get right. people to quit smoking you're going to pay out this amount of money and incentive to quit smoking then you're not going to have potentially other health care costs down the road so i mean i think that's just kind of a it's a it's a it's a great trend that is following to financial health just like you know physical health that's uh, excellent but I, I think I think this is a big injustice by schools, you know, because financial education isn't really taught in middle school, high school. Right. You know, just the the basics of budgeting and the importance, you know, trying to stress the importance of a dollar. Um, and so now you're seeing companies kind of pick up the slack from that, uh, and and it's 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 benefiting their bottom line as well. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's that's. Uh 
that's why companies do things. Yeah. And, uh, of course, there's a, you know, uh, we don't know where markets are going and, or what it, what this and that is going to cost, but it's it's a tough thing to retire and rely entirely on your savings and Social Security. That's the that's the part that you have to be very careful about. Right. If you know, take take matters into your own hands. You know, have have something built up that you're not relying on somebody else to give you something. Um, and uh, you know, that's just taking responsibility. Um, and one one of the things we do, uh, you know, we're we're big on communication and uh, uh, information, you know, to our clients. Uh, we just did a you know a, a lunch and learn for we did for thirty five of our our clients, and we had them come down to our office, and we had a, another local firm was there to talk about twenty eighteen tax laws. So we're trying to do more of these things that are. Um, you know, a benefit of, of being a client of Dupree Financial Group, you know, communications through newsletters, communication through anybody can get the information through our website. And we encourage you now to go to Facebook. We'll be posting these articles that we're talking about today here in about, you know, 30 minutes or so that you can go on and do your own further reading if we've kind of piqued your interest. But, you know, education and, and communication is key on all levels. And, and I mean, I think that's why th- we do this radio show every week. Because we like to be able to get information out to the masses, you could say. But, yeah, the masses. masses. Yes. <laughs> the people. <laughs> yeah, and um, I think we've tried to be, you know, more out there in terms of putting information out. Uh, a small firm, you, you move as fast as you can. And, obviously, we, we're not going to hit all of it, but we do – we do more and more of it, and um, transparency is key, yeah. I, I believe. Uh, being, you know, somebody knowing what what's in the portfolio, why it's in there, having that uh, that uh, open communication, um, being able to discuss things. If you have questions, calling us, asking us, um, that's that's a big part of it. Mm-hmm. In the advisory business, um, a lot of what you're doing is simply talking to people and and keeping them informed of of where their investments are and why they're invested the way they are. Mm-hmm. And um, it pays sometimes to, well, we believe it pays to to know exactly why you're doing things rather than just like throwing a, a dart. Right, right. In the dark. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. So if you've heard anything today that mm-hmm. sounds like it might be useful to you, give us a call at Two three three zero four hundred. That's at area code eight five nine. Um, we. It's been a pleasure speaking with you today. This is Tom Dupree. Been listening to the Tom Dupree Show. It's News Radio six thirty WLAP.